Hey Jungle Babies, Cameron James here. Before we start the pod, just a quick little plug. If you are in Adelaide, Brisbane or Sydney, tickets are currently on sale for my next stand-up comedy hour. The show is called Strawberry Blonde and it's stupid as hell. You can get those tickets at century.com.au. Melbourne tickets will be on sale very soon as well. I'm just um, finalizing that stuff. Once again, Century which is kind of like a hundred, .com, which is like a domain, .au, which means I'm in Australia, the land down under, U-B-U-T. <laughs> hey, what's up? It's Thomas Nicholas, uh, also known as Kevin from American Pie. And when I'm not going the growl, which I think is better known as the tongue tornado, I'm listening to the Total Reboot with Cam and Alexi. Dong merrily on high, guys, and welcome to the Total Reboot, part one of our Christmas specials. Now, isn't that special, Cameron James? <laughs> that is so special, Alexi. What an amazing uh, time of year. The silly season is upon us, the Yuletide is uh, gay, and the eggnog is thick. Oh, my two favourite things. <laughs> <laughs> Cameron James, it is so exciting to be spending another Christmas with you. It's exciting to be spending one with you, Alexi Toliopoulos. I hope this year that we get each other the best gift of all, which is... Just getting each other. Just finally understanding what each other is about. What makes you freaking tick? What makes me freaking tick? I already know what makes you tick. What? You're freaking damaged, dude. <laughs> I'm twisted, I'm fucked up, I'm damaged. Yeah. And most of all, I'm a little... Crazy. You're definitely a crazy, crazy God. cat. And what makes you tick? You're straight laced. You're goody yeah. two shoes. Yeah, yeah. Boy scout, do gooder out mm-hmm. there in the world trying to make the world a better fucking place. <laughs> <laughs> and that's our dynamic that's here on the podcast. Our dynamic. Just like Batman and the Joker. Yeah, long time listeners will know that is our dynamic. New time listeners, I mean, welcome to the world of Total Reboot. You got one sicko and one goddamn shining knight. So I don't know. <laughs> Welcome, buckle up, and enjoy the freaking ride. Strap in, baby, because this podcast is officially the only podcast on the internet that dares to discuss cinema, and specifically Christmas reboots, remakes, and rip-offs this silly season. Well, I am uh, I'm freaking out about doing today's one, and uh, for good reason. <laughs> it is it's my favourite movie, so... <laughs> We are talking about one of your favourite movies. Yeah. Or is it one of or actually your favourite movie? It's officially movie? Uh, my favourite movie ever made. Oh, my God. This is embarrassing <laughs> that we're going to be talking about one of your favourite movies and not just one of the number one favourite movie of Cameron James. Yeah, it's always in the top 10, top 20 of people's lists. Yeah. It's been a solid number one <laughs> <laughs> in my list that's, since the year 2000. That's so funny you describe this movie as a solid number one because I'd describe <laughs> this movie as a solid number two. 
<laughs> and sometimes at points throughout the movie a liquid number two. So the movie we're discussing today is, of course, none other than Ronald Howard's <laughs> 2000 masterpiece. <laughs> How the Grinch Stole Christmas, motherfuckers! <laughs> As written by Dr. Seuss MD. Who, which I think stands for Massive Dick. And you have to have a massive set of dicks to write this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and to write the book it was freaking based upon. Yeah. Not only did this guy write the movie, he wrote the goddamn book. He wrote the whole goddamn book about the Grinch. And before this, this actually is kicking things off this week uh, with a reboot remake movie. Yeah, because we're beginning this, in situ. This is, a, this is a reboot. This is a already. reboot of a classic 1960s children's family TV special called How the Grinch Stole Christmas by Mr. Dr. Seuss MD. <laughs> Have you ever seen it? I see, I've seen it, yeah. It's, as a kid, I'm sure... Um, I think the first time I became familiar with the concept of um, the Grinch, mm. who would go on to steal Christmas, uh, was in Home Alone 2 when he's yeah. watching it on TV. That's all that I've seen of the original Grinch, that little snippet in Home Alone 2. Yeah. Which then uh, beautifully uh, crossfades out of a shot of the Grinch smiling and into a shot of Tim Curry grinning evilly. Yeah, like his heart was about to grow. Smaller or colder, whatever the Grinch does, it's similar. <laughs> and uh, that I, I, I don't have any real history with Dr. Seuss. I never really got into it as a kid. I remember, like, you just had the books. Yeah. But I had no affinity yeah. the way I have an affinity for the works of Maurice Sendak and stuff like that. Sure. Roald Dahl or something Richard like Scarry that. or... Yeah, J.K. Rowling. Or Morris Gleitzman. Paul or, Jennings. Yeah, and lots of other... Charles know. Dickens. Yeah, William Shakespeare. Yeah. Thomas Harris. Jack Kerouac. Yeah. <laughs> Jack Black and stuff yeah, like that. Jack White. Oh, God, all the colours of the rainbow and all that <laughs> stuff that I loved as a kid. But now, I just wasn't... It wasn't there for me. Like, it just... I didn't have any affinity for it. I thought they were fucking lame and ugly. Well, uh, that's where you and I differ. I not only was a big fan of Dr. Mr. Seuss... MD. MD. Mehmet. God, he's special Mehmet. I was... I loved his work. Not only did I enjoy the books... Heck... I modelled my whole freaking life on the guy. On Dr. Seuss, MD. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. why he got that penis pump. I thought it was an Austin Powers <laughs> thing, but you were trying to give yourself a pair that of massive dicks. That big old dicks. massive dick hole. <laughs> yeah. And I used to... I dressed like a Who character. I only <laughs> Wait a second. ate green eggs what? and ham. <laughs> Did you actually dress as a Who character? No. Oh, I thought you meant for Christmas, <laughs> like you did. As every year, you'd like... Fuck your nose up and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, give myself a little mouse nose. Have you ever eaten green eggs and ham? Never, in a million years. Okay. But I have had pesto, and I have had <laughs> eggs and ham all separately. So <laughs> I imagine... Dude, that counts. In a way, that counts. If you can imagine all those flavors combining together to make a fucking green egg and hamburger sambo. <laughs> <laughs> Now, 
look, we're dancing around it here, but obviously this movie is a masterpiece and a work of art. So. <laughs> we're dancing around it and having a lot of fun, just like a lot of people with the Green Shah. Wait, can I ask you something as well before we get into how the Grinch Stole Christmas 2000 directed by Ronnie Howard? Mm-hmm. Um, the original special has that song that's also in Home Alone uh, 2. The original Grinch stand-up special. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Grinette's Which... famous special where he yeah, tore yeah, yeah, Christmas yeah. apart Yeah, he everybody. really would not stand for Christmas anymore. Yeah. Well, Hannah Grinchby is one of the funniest stand-ups that they ever lived. But in the, in the, in the original special, yeah. there's this song. It's like, Beautiful you're, song. You're a good man, Mr. Green. That's actually the opposite of the sentiment. <laughs> you're a good boy, Mr. <laughs> Green. Like, you couldn't be any further from what the original lyrics are. You're like. a little bitch, Mr. Green. That's Something like that. Yeah. But I think that song, incredibly sexy. Really? Like, too sexy for like a kid's yeah, like kids yeah, yeah, yeah. La, na, 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 like that. It's, it's like, like oh. you're a daddy, Mr. Grinch. <laughs> you can keep your shirt on, Mr. Grinch. You can fuck me, Mr. <laughs> Grinch. Suck my asshole. <laughs> Merry Christmas. I, yeah, I, I'm with you. It's pretty sexy. It's pretty hot. It's recently been re-released by Tyler, the creator. And you know, oh he, yeah, I, I he brings a, he brings sex appeal to it as well. Now, would you say? Would you go on the record and saying that Tyler, the creator, mm. is actually the one to bring sexy back? Yeah, it's a it's an interesting uh, question you've raised there. And I, if I could, I'll answer in, in, in two parts. Um, originally, sexy was brought back by Justin Timberlake. Okay, okay, in the yes. mid two thousands, but then. In more recent times, yeah, sure, Tyler Creator brought sexy back. Interesting. Now, <laughs> now the original Grinch was voiced by Boris Karloff. Interesting. That is really interesting <laughs> stuff. That's really interesting stuff. Yeah, I love that sort of information. I'm trying to think of who sings the. Who gives a shit? <laughs> I was trying to see who sung that song. You just yeah, want to yeah. know what who's saying it so you can download it later yeah, and back yeah. off to it. He's <laughs> <laughs> sick of it. Yeah, I'm a sick little puppy. Yeah. Just like the Grinch's little dog. Well, fuck it. Let's get into the discussion of this movie that mm-hmm. is your solid number one yeah. favourite film of all time. Definitely number one. So let's dive into the disgusting green waters of how the Grinch stopped Christmas. In a place... Where the Christmas spirit is everywhere. Have the best Christmas ever! Well, almost everywhere. Counting down the Christmas clock, all young people. Blast this Christmas music! It's joyful and triumphant. Jim Carrey is. The Grinch! I must stop this Christmas from coming! (laughs) (laughs) How the Grinch Stole Christmas 2000, directed by Ron Howard. Inside a snowflake exists the magical land of Whoville. In Whoville, live the Who's, an almost mutated sort of munchkin-like people. And all the Who's love Christmas, yet just outside of their beloved Whoville lives the Grinch. The Grinch is a nasty creature that hates Christmas and plots to steal it away from the Who's, whom he equally abhors. Yet a small child, Cindy Lou Who, decides to 
try befriending the Grinch. That's from Letterboxd.com. Having a little bit of fun with this film. Now, uh... I just got depression from hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm so sorry to hear that, but yeah. I just got depression from watching this movie. <laughs> this is where I think you and I differ. Because Absolutely. I think this is one of the worst movies, mm. not that I've ever seen, mm. that has ever been made. Yeah. Whereas I think it's the worst <laughs> film ever conceived. It's awful. And... Uh, I was lying earlier when I said it's my favourite. It's actually probably my least favourite movie. <laughs> probably your least favourite. Yeah, it's really great. You know how people say things like, it's the Citizen Kane of bad movies? Mm. Why don't they just say, it's the Grinch of good movies? Because yeah. there's <laughs> never been a worse film than this one. It's interesting you bring up Citizen Kane because this movie takes a lot from Citizen Kane. Yeah, 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 yep, 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 yep. And it gave me a bit of a Citizen pain sitting through this film. Yeah, I started thinking about friggin' uh, swallowing a rosebud and, and, and swallowing a few thorns along with it. Yeah, to perhaps kill yourself during the yeah. to get away from watching this movie. Yeah, yeah, that sort of shit. It's so ugly. Yeah. It's the ugliest thing I've ever seen. And hey, I've looked at a turd. <laughs> I've gotten up. From doing a shit, look down the bowl before I even wipe. So it's not even toilet paper masking it. Just to see what I thought would be the ugliest thing in the world. And lo and behold, I chucked on the Grinch today to re-watch it. And it was worse than that little dirty turdy. So much worse. And that's what, dis- that's what really bamboozles me about this movie. Is that the production design, the yeah. level of... Genius and magnificence that goes into w- making the look of this film exist in the production design <laughs> of what Whoville looks like, the level of genius and talent and absolute painstaking hard work and effort that goes into creating the look of all the makeup of all the yeah, Grinch, of yeah. all the Who's and Whovilles and the Grinch in this film is second to none. I would say it is, I mean, probably on par in in time-wise, to what it would have been like to make, and and supersedes it, make the Planet of the Apes film when that originally mm. came out. The level of detail and the level amount of people you'd had to put into makeup is probably that times 10. Maybe times 12. <laughs> <laughs> but all it amounts to is the most fuck ugly... Yeah. Like, all of it is fuck ugly and hideous to look at. It is grotesque. Can you describe looking at a who to me? Um... Okay, imagine you, you've you just done a very painful shit. <laughs> We're talking you've eaten a rosebud. You've eaten one or two rosebuds in an attempt to kill yourself. <laughs> and that has failed. You've passed the thorns. You stand up from the bowl. Haven't even wiped yet. Mm. So there's no toilet paper masking it. And you yeah. glance down into that bowl. And you see your turds have taken on the appearance of a sort of uh, mutated chipmunk... Freaking um, mouse, rat. You can see the munchkin, m- the mangled flesh of your ass torn up in between the rose thorns. Disgusting to look at. Do you know this? I looked this up. Yeah. This movie cost one hundred twenty-three million dollars to make. Oh my god! Imagine the gall of Brian Glazer and Ron Howard to go. Yep, yeah, we need more money. We need to. We need to get over a hundred yep. million dollars to make this thing that looks like. It looks like a parade at Disneyland 
not even Disneyland, like a cheap knockoff Disneyland. Dare I say the Grinch himself mm. literally looks like an avocado fucked another avocado. Now that's rich. That's very rich. Because I was going to say topographical map of Utah. Oh my God. That is viscerally rich imagery that perfectly describes the Grinch. And heck, I guess Deadpool as well. <laughs> While we're at it, I wish Deadpool was in this movie. To really muck it up. If it was how Deadpool stole Christmas, and it was exactly the same, but it was freaking Wade Wilson mucking around in mm. Whoville, yeah, okay, you've got my dollars. You've got my dollars, and heck, I'll give you a few laughs along the way, because you've earned them by getting the world's funniest comedian since the Grinchette did a stand-up <laughs> special in the 60s. <laughs> it's, uh, okay, well, look, let's, let's, we, need to, we need to start somewhere, we need to focus. How about we start with Ron Howard? So. Yep. Ron Howard, as a filmmaker, he's made some he's made some movies that are quite near and dear to my heart. The guy is definitely a workman director, yeah. Who is probably the best, one of the best workman directors. Yeah, I'd definitely. Say. He uh, he's made everything from yeah. like weird little indie comedies to blockbusters, mm-hmm. kids movies, kind of like dramatic action movies and prestige Oscar winning drama yeah. films. He's done it all. Um. I don't think he has a style that I could say mm, is no. Howard-esque. Even when we reviewed uh, Solo recently, I think we all said that. There's no distinctive visual Ron Howard style. Mm. He could just slot in anywhere. He's that. He's the great journeyman director. He does bring a style to this movie, though. Yeah. And how would you describe that style? Um... And you can't say fuck ugly. Well, actually, that was the what I was exactly going to say. Yeah, I would say the style that he brings here, it's uh, Burton-esque. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, Sonnenfeldian, if yeah, you will. Yeah, Sonnenfeldian, Burton-esque. Schumacheristic. Schumacheristic is more what it is, because it looks like someone who is trying to do Burton... Mm but hasn't got the innate sense of fun to go yep. with it. Burton shoots on backlots yep. and clearly designs sets with fake snow and fake terrain everywhere, but he shoots it in a way that is embracing that mm. and uses the lo-fi quality in a way that like kind of brings it to life. Creates th- an absolute charm that is undeniable, yeah. creating storybook worlds. I think Schumacher's work in the Bat- Bat- <laughs> Batman movies and Ron Howard's work here. It's just so flat and ugly. Mm. Everything looks like it cost $20 to yeah. make. It's so minimal and gross. Yeah. It just looks It looks not out of place. Like, if you were to go to a theme park, it would look exactly the same. Yeah. Whereas Tim Burton and Sonnenfeld are able to take those and bring them to life in a way mm. that, like you say, may not feel realistic, but it feels uh, real. Like, it feels like they exist mm. in their own reality rather than this existing in a backlot reality. Yeah. And I think as well, the way that they're photographed is uh, horrible. It's like yeah. every single shot in this film, bar maybe 10 or 20 shots in this film maximum, are on a Dutch angle or begin mm. to tilt or twist every shot, or literally almost every shot. I'm honest, I keep saying every shot... But I want to be more specific because there are, it almost literally is every single yeah. shot has movement or a tilt in it mm-hmm. or slowly tilting to a movement or drastically tilting into a Dutch angle that it 
if you if this movie wasn't already ugly, this would set you off and feel sick from watching this film. Yeah, this movie gave me seasickness. Yeah. And uh, by C, I don't mean the C, I mean the C word. <laughs> <laughs> this movie gave me cancer. Yeah, yeah. This gave me C through to Z sickness. Every sickness known to man. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, it's 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 just horrible. And I think that what this movie is trying to do, like we've already brought up Citizen Kane. Like this movie mm. is trying to be Citizen Kane of kids' movies. It ended up being the Citizen Kane of bad movies. <laughs> And that's a funny way to put it. <laughs> but it really it really is because it takes on so many elements from it. I'd say the photography is like we just watched Citizen Kane mm. that came out like sixty fucking years ago. And they're like, let's let's try and make this movie like that. Like the photography, the way it moves, kind of it's it's trying to like ape the style of Citizen Kane that invented all of this stuff. Mm. But then this just like you know, it's like waking up fucking Orson Welles and shitting a green turn <laughs> into his mouth. I think the duchies and the kind of constant camera drift and weird kind of staccato rhythm. Mm. Honestly, I could not stop thinking about Schumacher. That's yeah. all I saw. I didn't see Orson Welles yeah. in the filmmaking. I just saw Batman Forever. Yeah, and Batman Joel and Robin. Schumacher. It looked, everything looked exactly like mm. the way that Jim Carrey looked as the Riddler. Like it, I felt like I was watching the Riddler again, yeah, Riddler. but this time he's freaking hairy. Now riddle me this: he's green, just like the Riddler. Yeah, what's the deal with that? Now that's funny. Um, I've seen your stand-up bit about that. Yeah, 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 and it's it's really good. I'd love to hear you do it for me. Okay, though. you go like this. You go. Hey, dudes, mm-hmm. it's me, Alexi Toliopoulos. I do a bit more positive inflection on everything. Yeah. Hey, dudes, it's me, Alexi Toliopoulos. Um, please indulge me for a moment with this stand-up premise. <laughs> now, riddle me this. The Grinch and the Riddler, both green? What up with that? And furthermore, the mask face green. <laughs> now, so... who's, what's he been smoking? Yeah, I'll have what she's having. <laughs> And I don't really know what you mean by that. <laughs> I know, but it gets a laugh. It's more a distraction just to force people to laugh. <laughs> but it's un- I only really bring it out around Christmas time, or if there's yeah. a new Batman movie out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, well, we're so- talking about Carrie. Jim yeah, Carrey, that is. Oh, I thought you meant Drew. <laughs> what do you think? I don't even know I how to say I wish it was Drew Carey in this movie. <laughs> I actually think it would be funnier. I think it would Drew be Carey. funnier. It would be a, a more interesting performance. Look, look. I think Jim Carrey has been criticised very heavily for being hammy in this movie, mm. which he is. I think that obviously. he that green eggs in a ham a little yeah. too literally. But it's a kid's movie, so yeah. I can understand why he gives such a huge performance. Yeah. It's crazy. It's over the top. It's Robin Williams-esque. Yeah, for sure. But um, I've no real problem with it, given the context that it's a kid's movie. What I do have a problem with is that it feels like him and Ron Howard are making two different movies. Mm. And I don't know who's driving which one, but one of these movies is a crazy kid's comedy, and the other one is a dark kind of... 
twisted horror movie. And I don't know who is doing what. Exactly. Because they both interchange at different points. Yeah. Because the horror movie elements come in in how scary the Grinch is. Mm. The kid movie elements come in how funny the Grinch can be and how silly mm. and hammy he is. The ho- but also the filmmaking the- and plotting and scripting is scary. Like the- yeah. you see Cindy Lou Who's older brothers and they're like, you know, sexy teen girlfriends who look hideously disfigured because they're who's. <laughs> you see them going up into the mountains and being scared uh, near the Grinch's house, set up exactly like a horror slasher film of like, yeah. don't go into the woods, don't go into the house. All of those kind of things are 100% there in that. So you're feeling that in the context of the film. But then it's all like, you know, the Grinch's sad childhood feels horror as well. And then just mm. like kind of, it's like Michael Myers' weird um, childhood in the um, mm. Rob Zombie movies. It really is like that. It's just this weird justification for why he's evil. He got tormented as a kid. And obviously the camera work feels like a horror movie. Mm. It's designed to make you feel uncomfortable. The music is kind of like aping Danny Elfman. Yeah. It's Elfman-esque. It's Elfman-esque. This is by James Horner, who's done um, some of the greatest films of all time, such as Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, and Titanic. Yeah. So he scored big movies, and he's like the kind of go-to guy with um, Ron Howard as well. It's, um, but the music isn't fun and light in the way that a kid's movie is. It feels like it's building tension, and it's adding a kind of ghoulish, freaky sort of sound design. Mm. Honestly, there are times in this movie where you are watching a scary movie. Yeah. And and the Zucker brothers are not involved. And I love Anna Faris. Yeah. Big time. Um, I love Marlon Wayans. Yeah. Big influence on me. Yeah, he is. Yeah. I love your bits that are like Marlon Wayans. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, for example, I got that bit where I go, hey, let me, riddle me this. Yeah. The Grinch is green and the weed is green. Um, okay, check please. I'll take two weeds. <laughs> and roll them up for me, Doobie style. <laughs> Speaking of Doobie brothers, Wayans brothers, welcome to the stage, my brother Sean. <laughs> hey man, it's me, Sean Wayans. <laughs> <laughs> but if this, this, uh, this performance by Jim Carrey, we were saying that while watching it, he is fully committed to this. Yeah, he's funny. It's it's a crazy performance, but he is funny in it. And it's kind of inspired by stuff like Groucho Marx, a mm. little bit of Groucho's in there, a little bit of John Huston, a little bit of Jimmy Stewart is kind of in there yeah. to kind of create this like amorphousy, grumpy old man in a kind of classic Hollywood form. Yeah, and I don't mind it, to be honest. Mm. I think um, even his improv sequences where it's just kind of him performing alone in his lair. Mm. It's it's pretty funny. He's got some great lines. There's that big sequence where he's going through his diary um for all the things he has to do today and they're all just very depressing things yep. like stare into the abyss, um <laughs> cry myself to sleep and yeah. stuff like that. Have lunch by myself while I can't cancel out. They're funny. They're like funny moments. Yeah. But then you counteract that with these intense, crazy close-ups of him screaming in children's faces. And, I mean, I know the Grinch is supposed to be an asshole, but he is like a monster that you want to see get slayed in yeah. this movie. And I don't mean slay like Santa style. 
Wait, I thought you did mean that. What do you mean? I mean Slade as in like... Buffy style? No, I mean like Slay Queen. Oh, okay. You want to see him really turn it out and be fierce. Yeah, I want to see him glow up, be fierce, (laughs) and just honestly yass it all the way to the bank. And it's he kind of gets that moment. (laughs) (laughs) He does does get a makeover, actually. Yeah, but he truly is one of the most... Handsome... (laughs) Men. Men on celluloid. Yeah. <laughs> the makeup by Rick Baker and Kazuhiro Suji, who uh who are the makeup artists for this film. Rick Baker is the lead makeup artist who is mm. both of these guys are undeniably the greats of all time. Rick Baker has done uh The Wolfman in The Wolfman starring Benicio del Toro. <laughs> and also, of course, uh the American Wolf in London and the Planet of the Apes remake directed by Burton-esque himself, Timmy, and lots of other great things. He's an icon. Uh, and Kazushiro, Kazushiro Suji had also done Men in Black, Hellboy, Curious Case of Benjamin Button, and came out of retirement to do The Darkest Hour, mm. which is some of the most sensational makeup and most realistic makeup that's ever been in film. Mm. And he, I think, rightfully won the Oscar for that, I believe. I may be pulling that out of my ass. But I think he won. Well, pull it back in there, please. <laughs> okay. Little, I'm going to put a little <laughs> fucking Winston Churchill shaped head right back up my bean. <laughs> yeah. Um, look, I also know things about this movie as well. For example, it was made by Imagine Entertainment. And when I was watching <laughs> this, I was trying to imagine entertainment. <laughs> well, I'm bringing this up because I think the makeup is stunning that Jim Carrey wears. I, I don't but know if it's stunning. It's so... Because it looks real. That's it's, why I hate it. It's very impressive. Yeah. It's Im- very impressive. But I think it's... Um, I hate it. I hate it. It's hate disgusting. It, hate it. It's disgusting. It's so ugly and bad to look at. It makes me feel upset looking at it. Same with all the Who's. Like, you can't deny that it is incredibly... Impressive makeup job. Everyone's noses have been changed into kind of chip monkey faces. But I don't want to look at that. And especially, like, the movie starts and it's like almost immediately we're thrown into extreme close-ups of these heavily Mm. prosthetic chip monkey faces. And I just immediately feel like, ooh, this is uncanny valley. I don't want to look at these people for the next nearly two hours. Yeah. It's... it's really disturbing and I think the process of how they were made is kind of uh, fucked up I was reading about this stuff and Jim Carrey took him eight hours to put on this makeup the first time mm-hmm. and he went insane just sitting there for so long having this makeup put on him and he's like no stranger at this point to makeup he'd already done the mask which is mm. a crazy piece of makeup as well but he was sitting there for so long that he were, got so upset he kicked a hole into his trailer <laughs> and then uh, he, he also had to go under, undergo training from the CIA to withstand torture with how awful it was the experience of putting on this makeup for that long and Kazuhiro actually had to take therapy after this film and what it is pretty much believed that this is the film that made him kind of retire hmm. and go into work becoming a visual artist for a while rather than doing makeup wow yeah oh, or slowly man. slowly descend away from uh makeup work in film well you know at least they both got to make this one masterpiece together 
<laughs> and it's, it reminds me of the other Dr. Seuss movie that came out around this time. Mm. A film that we've reviewed on Mike Check mm-hmm. um, at that point in time as well. One of the worst movies that we've ever seen. Yep. Starring Mike Myers. The movie is The Cat in the Hat by Dr. Seuss, MD. Massive dick. <laughs> <laughs> this movie made me long for The Cat in the Hat. Yeah, and why is that? Because I felt that too. Yeah, I think because... And we both kind of talked about it while we were watching it. At least the world of the Cat in the Hat is a bright, colourful cartoon mm. world that is full of optimism. Yeah. The this movie is gloomy and dark, and as we've already mentioned, it's on those gross Dutch angles mm. the whole time. You honestly feel like you just—it's oppressive. Yeah. It is an the Grinch oppressive is an, an world. oppressive world. Yeah, and I think that it, it, it emblemizes both you and I. I'm the twisted, oppressed Grinch, mm, and mm. you're the charming, sweet, colorful yeah. cat in that. But you got a good glimpse at yourself by watching this movie, and I think you, you, you learned from it. Your heart maybe even grew three times... As big, and also your dick as well. <laughs> yeah. I did copper burn during this film. <laughs> I actually did at one point. Christine Baranski, so beautiful uh, as a yeah. who. I mean, all the who's are so fuck ugly, <laughs> but Christine Baranski somehow still looks gorgeous. I know, and they really play up her sexuality and sensuality in this film. Yeah, she's very sexy. I would love to make love to her as a who, but... I found the sexuality uh, really out of place. Out of place in a kids' movie, considering really this movie hinges on a love story between the Grinch and his childhood flame Martha, played by Christine played Baranski. by Christine Baranski as an as a grown up. And at the end of the movie, spoilers, they do get back together. But rather than it being a kind of romantic conclusion, mm. it's played like this weird. It's Sex horny. Comedy. It's real it's horny. Fucking horny and <clears throat> Christine Baranski gets uh, proposed to, and she turns down her proposal by saying in this like weird Southern Belle accent, like, "I'm sorry, but my heart belongs to someone else." And then she kind of saunters her way over to the Grinch, and like, she's like slipping on her own. <laughs> <laughs> it's so like over the top horny. Yeah. And, the Grinch like gets basically gets a hard on over and yeah. stuff. It's so great, and it's for kids, and yeah. especially the the first part of the movie where they're children together, mm. uh, you know, falling in love with one another. It's done. I don't want to say quite well, but it's successful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, because I hate every second of this movie, I bear not give it a compliment. <laughs> I just say that it did its job rather than it was well done or good. Mm, mm, mm. It achieved certain things. It made the case. It feels like, is this potentially one of the worst films we've ever seen? I honestly do believe so. I think I can immediately put this in my top five worst films yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah, I, I, I have a hatred for this movie, mm. unlike many other films. Yeah. I feel personally upset by this movie. What um what else is in your top five? Because I've got this one. Mm-hmm. I also have Pete's Meteor. Pete's Meteor is it's hard to dethrone that one because it's <laughs> it is Mike Myers in the worst movie giving a horrible performance, mm. and we had to find it and we had to watch it. So there's a lot of burn in that because I we love Mike Myers. Yeah, 
He is the best. We think mm. he's fucking amazing. Mm. And he is so bad in that film that it's, it hurts me. It's really upsetting. Like, it's really upsetting. Yeah, and the listeners of ours that have tracked down Pete's Meteor to watch for themselves, yeah. I I think they all think it's going to be a fun hate watch. Yeah. And then we always get messages saying, like, it just you couldn't even hate watch it. Yeah. It's just... Awful. One of our listeners, Shasta Alex, who is a fantastic visual artist as well, mm. she said that she saw Pete's Meteor when she was a kid and when she got into Mic Check a year or two ago, it awoke it back into her and she hasn't <laughs> been able to shake it. And every now and then she just sends us like pictures of Pete's Meteor <laughs> and stuff. And I think it's I think it ruined her. Yeah, it's it's probably it's probably my number one worst film. Mm. I reckon this is as far as top three. Yeah. I just I hadn't seen it since I was a kid, and in the lead-up to this, I was dreading it so much because I kept remembering little details that just made me feel icky yeah. from when I was a kid. Like, there's a scene in this movie where Jeffrey Tambor, as the mayor of Whoville, um, tongue kisses the Grinch's dog's asshole, and that's this <laughs> fucking gross gross like oh. comedy scene where he's asleep and he's dreaming about Christine oh Baranski God. and the Grinch puts his dog's asshole on the oh. mare's mouth and makes him kiss it oh. it's so fucking disgusting I I hate this movie and I hate that it was ever made and I think Ron Howard for all the half decent decent stuff he's made this is a huge crime against cinema and all of the blame lands on him. Uh, yeah, for real. For real. <sighs> yeah. yeah I, I can't disagree with you. I'm just looking at my film list to see if there's any movies that I hate around the same level. Mm. A lot of them is stuff that we've... like. Surviving Christmas is really bad. That was really bad. I remember we did, reviewed that with April. Yeah. April Rose Pingilly from Neighbours now, yeah, who's yeah. gone on to great success after we put it through that. <laughs> yeah. Um, that is one of the worst movies I've oh ever seen. God. As well. A lot of them are movies that you and I have seen together. Mm. Um, Grudge Match oh. with Sly, where he plays an aging boxer. Shouts to Creed 2. Shouts to Finding Drago, available on iTunes and ABC <laughs> Podcast Listen app uh, that we are working on. Terminator Genesis. We saw that yeah, together. Yeah, that was a nightmare, actually. That was one of those movies that felt like a slow motion train wreck. And one other one that I know, oh, I saw Mr. Nanny with Andrew Levins and Angus Trusker from Hey Fam for a commentary I don't think they ever released on their Patreon because it was so <laughs> bad and we reviewed it so late at night doing the commentary that I like fell asleep and s- during the film while we were <laughs> recording a commentary for it. And another one that I saw is a 1997 film called DNA that I reviewed for the Blank Slate Movie Podcast with Craig Anderson and Sarah Bishop while you and Henry were away. Mm. The movie was so bad and I thought the episode was so upsetting that I never released it. I couldn't bring myself to edit it and it's like a straight-to-DVD movie that rips off Predator, Jurassic Park, Terminator and it's the lead of the film is literally the chairman from Iron Chef America. (laughs) And it's I think the Grinch... Is worse than all of those movies. Yeah, my God. I'd say it's worse than all those because they had a hundred and thirty million dollars to make it. Yeah, and this this movie was never cheap at any point because this was hard to make. They their rights were hidden for all of Dr. Seuss's work for many years. While he was still alive, he refused to let it be made into films feature films and live-action films of any kind. 
after he passed away, his widow was putting the rights up to the highest bidder and was very, um, very scrutinizing with who she was giving them out to. For this film, they demanded that no actor that had a lower status than Jack Nicholson, Jim Carrey, Robin Williams, and Dustin Hoffman were to be allowed to play the Grinch. And there was also stipulated in the estate that they would not consider a director or writer who hadn't earned at least $1 million on a previous picture. Wow. So the stipulations were so high. Everyone was going for this Tom Shadiak. Everyone. Gary Ross was going in there with Brian Grazer as well. And it wasn't Ron Howard who was originally interested in making the movie, but then he was convinced by Brian Grazer to come on board. So Grazer's to blame. Grazer might be to blame. Now, can you go through that list again of the actors that were considered worthy by the Seuss estate? The letter also stated from the Seuss estate, any actor submitted for the Grinch must be of comparable stature to Jack Nicholson, Jim Carrey, Robin Williams, and Dustin Hoffman. Imagine a Jack Nicholson Grinch movie. It would be more horny than this disgusting movie already is. <laughs> I'm the Grinch, baby. Come and fuck me, Christine Baranski. I'm gonna fuck Whoville. Have you ever sucked the devil's dick in the pale moonlight? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my God, that's insane. They just should never have made it. And, and it's it's been remade again by um those little minions. <laughs> <laughs> the minions of Illumination Entertainment have... In fact, the Marie made the Grinch, starring Benedict Cumberbatch, the funniest comedian in Hollywood. One of the funniest guys in the world, and maybe in history. The way that he played Sherlock, extremely funny. Smaug, funny as fuck. A lot of the best characters. Yeah, Doctor Stephen Strange. Yeah, Doctor Stevie Strange himself the is the funniest so... cunt in the Marvel I mean, Cinematic the Universe. The name alone, Strange. Funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Immediately, I'm on the floor laughing. And that tete-a-tete he goes to with him and the cape. Good stuff. Yeah, really funny stuff. Uh, can't wait to see it. Can't wait to see if any minions are in it. Yeah, God, imagine if the Grinch and minions hook up. Now, that sounds incredibly funny. And that will be the next episode of Total Reboots. Before we wrap up, any final thoughts, anything that you can come to a conclusion on this movie? Hey, can you come to this movie at all? (laughs) (laughs) I have absolutely no final thoughts. Mm. I I barely even had any thoughts during this because I was so enraged that I had to watch it. At one point, I think maybe half an hour into this movie... I turned to you and said, I just don't think I can get through this. <laughs> and we did persevere. Yeah. We really, honestly, you guys, start putting money into the Patreon if you haven't done already. Because <laughs> we came so close to turning this movie off. We came so close to skipping this movie and just pretending we watched it all. Yeah. And we made it all the way through. <laughs> And we really did it. And we're poor on time these days. I hated it so much, guys. Mm. But I love you an infinite amount. Yeah, it's true. I do love you guys an infinite amount as well. Honestly, uh, when I think about you guys, my cock grows three times as big. <laughs> oh, God. Honestly, Ron Howard, you got a lot to answer for, mate. <laughs> this is such a bad movie. And, you know, really, really poor work. Instant top three bad. Yeah, it just really shoots up there. And it's been so long since I saw it. And 
honestly, when this movie came out, I didn't see it in the cinema, but I remember seeing it on like the DVD release mm-hmm. uh, when I, I would have been about DVDs. like you know nine or ten years old. And this is one of the first movies that I remember n- not having positive feelings towards. Mm. Like I don't know even back then if I hated it, but I remember just going like, I don't like this. This does yeah. not sit well with it's me. It's grot. It's grot as fuck. <laughs> Well, next week, join us once again to talk about the new Grinch. Can't be as bad as this, I'm sure. So, it should at least be better and more colourful and stuff. Grinch vs. Minions. Can't wait to see it. (laughs) Can't wait to smoke that shit as well. (laughs) Uh, That's next week on Total Reboot. In the meantime, what you guys can do, you can listen to our whole brand new podcast that we've been working on. We've been enlisted by the government of Australia (laughs) to make a mystery investigation podcast called Finding Drago, which is the search. Us as detective, as investigators, trying to find out the real author of... The book Drago on Mountains. We stand by Todd Noy. Uh, we talked about it over the last two episodes. It's a Rocky Four spin-off starring Ivan Drago. Mm-hmm. What his life was like after that film's adventure. And the next episode comes out on Friday. So take a listen to that. You can subscribe to it in the show notes. And as well, if you can give us a review for that and this podcast here, that'd be great on iTunes. It really helps us out, especially because it's a brand new podcast that has only got six episodes in it. So, it's kind of a mini-series. It's kind of a minion-series, so enjoy <laughs> it. Uh, Cameron, what have you got going on? Um, I've already mentioned it at the top of the show, but I've got uh, tickets on sale for my stand-up comedy tour next year. Currently, Adelaide, Brisbane and Sydney are on sale. Melbourne will be on sale very soon. You can get tickets to that at century.com.au mm-hmm. to find me there. Also, I'll be in Melbourne next week doing a string of gigs Spleen, uh, Euro, Crab Lab, all those things. So if you're in Melbourne, you feel like coming and hanging out at a show, you know, get all the info off my Instagram or whatever and um, let's come hang out and freaking have a few laughs. Let's go buck wild down there together. Well, not me, I won't be there. I'll be (laughs) at home working on stuff. Um, Also, for me, on Friday night, this Friday, uh, December... This Friday, December 14th, I'm hosting Comedians Talk Over Movies. It is the Christmas special. We're talking over Die Hard, and the we in this is me, Tom Walker, and Aaron Chen talking over Die Hard. It's going to be real funny. It's the first time we're talking over a really great, not silly movie. Actually, Die Hard's kind of silly, but I think it's going to be really funny because it's three of the funniest dudes having a muck around with some high-quality return of Bruno Fodder. That is going to be a blast. I wish I could be there, but unfortunately, I'm going to have to Skype it in. You had prior engagements. I did, yeah. And by that, I mean stand-up, which everyone calls prior, (laughs) P-R-Y-O-R, engagements. (laughs) Talk to us on uh, Instagram and Twitter. I'm at I am Cameron James. I'm at This Is Alexi. And join the Patreon. The link to that is in the show notes. Five bucks a month to get extra content from us. And we'll see you guys next week. And until then, fuck the Grinch.